My man, present A Dub. It's Tony G, baby. It's time to bear down, boys. Let's no, get it. You know, I mean, we, we, we just, uh, let's, we, the bears are what we thought they were. <laughs> Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Tony G, what's good, my guy? Welcome to the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we break down our week three opponent, the Cleveland Browns, with special guest Brad Ward from All Eyes on Cleveland podcast. It's going to be a good one. Hey, Doug, what's good, my brother? And everything is all good over here, Brad. How you doing, bro? Man, I'm excited for this damn game, man. I'm like, I can't wait to get Brad in here, man. This dude, man, he knows his X's and O's, so I'm really excited to get him in on this show. But, brother, I'm just excited for Sunday, man. How you feeling about everything? Hey, man, me too. I'm ready for it, man. Hopefully we can maintain being in first place, my brother. All right, now. Well, shit, without further ado, man, let's get to it. Brad, talk to him. What's happening, guys? I am uh, thrilled to be on the Bear Essentials podcast, uh, talking Browns football, talking about the big game on Sunday. Appreciate the invite, gentlemen. Very thrilled to be here. Yeah, no doubt, man. As I I was telling you a second ago, I really enjoyed some of the other episodes that you've done this season. And A-Dub and I, we're very particular about who we let on this show. This is our our little baby here. So we definitely was like, yeah, he's going to bring some flavor to the show. So looking forward to it man <laughs> yeah well i appreciate that uh i appreciate you listening to the show and uh yeah so i write for usa today the browns wire and uh do a show on youtube called all eyes on cleveland and it's also in podcast form where all popular podcasts can be found nice 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 so let's get into it so your cleveland browns they're one and one on the season so what are your thoughts so far on the season and then we would love to hear your thoughts you know entering the season as well yeah, for sure. I can start with the offseason, probably be a little bit easier. Andrew Barry, uh, you know, is the uh, GM, very smart guy. They've got a lot of uh, Ivy League guys up there in the uh, front office with the Browns now. But Barry went out for his first year and loaded up on offensive line, tight ends, some weapons for the offense, really try to give Baker Mayfield no excuses, you know, in his first offseason. And after last year's, you know, run into the playoffs, they lost to the Chiefs, obviously, in the divisional round. They went ahead and went all defense this offseason. They went out and got two-thirds of the best secondary in the league with Troy Hill and John Johnson the third. They added Jadavian Clowney opposite Miles Garrett. They added Tack McKinley for some depth there. Anthony Walker from the Colts, middle linebacker. And then they got really drafted well, got Greg Newsom. Like cornerback opposite Denzel Ward and got Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa fell all the way to him in the second round, which was a steal there. So they went heavy defense uh, to try to make things better, which is kind of uh, what the rumblings are about here in Cleveland. Now, as we talk about the start of the season, they, they went into uh, Kansas City with a, a game plan to try to take away the big play. They dominated early uh, with the run game, had an early lead. And really coughed it up. I mean, they beat themselves in the second half. Nick Chubb never fumbles. He fumbled on a big drive to put him up two scores in the second half. The freaking punter, guys. <laughs> the punter. I mean, kid, I, I hate when the kicking game beats you. And you guys got to feel that for sure, And being Bears fans. But... Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Do not remind us, Brad. Don't remind us. <laughs> 
I mean, for real, though, the punter just straight dropped the ball uh, in the Chiefs game. And then he had like 10 seconds to get off the punt, and he tried to go, you know, hero ball on us and pick it up and try to run for the first down, which was even stupider. Yep. Yeah, he probably could have picked it up and kicked it anyways, at least mm-hmm. got it out of there. Gave him a quick score there, and they really kind of gave up. And then uh, the defense did get off the field. Baker Mayfield had a uh, – drove him to about the 50 going down to try to get into uh, the game-winning score there at the end of the game and trying to throw the ball out of bounds on a play and got tripped up by uh, Dan Sorensen through an unfortunate interception on the sideline as he was trying to throw it away. And uh, it was a brutal loss, man, because it felt like they controlled most of the game. and. Ending your season in Arrowhead and then coming back to Arrowhead full of fans this time and playing good enough to win but not pulling it out was, you know, there was a lot of mixed feelings on that. It was kind of like, okay, we're legit, right? Like, we took them twice now to the last play of the game or the last drive of the game. But, man, this one hurts because it feels like you really should have won it and you outplayed them for most of the game. Week two, Texans are a tricky team, man, because – like you don't expect them to win a lot of games, but it's not because they're real young. It's just because they got a lot of average dudes, right? Like they went out and what had like what 25, 30 free agent signings. I feel like they had so many free agent signings in the off season. So it's a bunch of pros, pros journeymen. You know what I mean? They played tough ball. You know, they, they, the Browns were fortunate that Tyrod Taylor didn't come out for that second half. If he would have came out for that second half, they would have been a dog fight to the end. Baker Mayfield took a big shot. Lost Jarvis Landry, second play of the game. So that kind of changed the game plan a little bit. And in the second half, they kind of really leaned into what they do best, running the football. And the Texans really couldn't stop it. And they didn't want Baker to take any more hits. So no more five-step drops, just short stuff and running the football with Chubb and Hunt. And that was enough to get out of there with a win. It wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination. It was ugly, actually. So, uh, (laughs) But we'll take it. We'll take the ugly win to get to one and one, but it wasn't the Browns best football by any stretch of the imagination. The defense has not been good so far, despite all of the ads, which is kind of what is bothering people most here in town. I think. Yeah, Brad, I was actually surprised by that as well, because going into the season, those ads that you guys made on defense, and let's just not forget, you guys got a bad guy over there. Miles Jarrett, that dude is a beast, right? So you look at that, they pick up Clowney, as you mentioned, We've been talking in our preseason when uh, we saw that you guys were on our schedule early on. I was like, man, I do not want Justin Fields going up against this defense, and here we are. I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking, Perez. I know I was the one who was optimistic, like, hey, I want to see Justin Fields playing this game. But part of me, like, you know what? It's a tough defense they're going against. But somehow, Cleveland Browns have not been that impressive on a defensive end, so I'm not that much upset about Justin Fields starting right now. The pass yeah. rush, that was the part that everybody was really thinking was going to be a big part of things for the Cleveland's defense this year. Where's yeah. the pass rush been for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say last week. You know, week one, they were they were pretty good. But, you, you know, you can't blitz Mahomes, right, because he picks nope. you apart. So you got to get home with your front four. And they did, they did pretty well to get, like, 54% pressure rate on him. But it's Mahomes, so you never get any sacks, right? You right. know, so despite the pressure – I think Garrett had one sack and Clowney had one sack or maybe not. They, they kind of got to the quarterback at the same time. I think they gave it to Garrett uh, on a big third down. 
Garrett had eight pressures. Tack McKinley had four. Clowney had four. So they got to the quarterback. They just couldn't sack him, you know. And then week two, I don't really know what happened there. The approach week one was kind of, they were very conservative in, in their approach against Kansas City. They wanted to limit their possessions, make them matriculate the ball down the field, not give up the big play, right? And I get that. I totally get that approach versus them, right? You, you know they're going to score in the 30s or around there. You just want to limit how many times they get the ball. So make them work for it, right? Don't give up the easy one. They did give up one big easy one on a freaky, freaky play. You probably saw it where Mahomes threw across his body like oh. 50 yards down the field. And John Johnson, an excellent player, just overran the ball. It went right to Tyreek Hill, and he walked in the end zone. Other than that, you know, they took away the big play and made him work for it. But it was really easy stuff underneath all day to Kelsey and Hill. But that was kind of the game plan, you know, make them work it down the field. Maybe they make a mistake here or there. They're really tough to stop as is. Not much margin for error there. Last week, it was just a poor performance. They came out flat. And when Landry, who is kind of the heart and soul of the Browns, goes out, kind of sucked the wind out of everybody, not making excuses. But here's what I expect, you know. I think it hurts the Browns at Fields as quarterback big time because you got to think that the offense they see this week is completely different than what they saw on tape week one and two, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. It's going to be a whole different game plan. Yeah, so that's that's unfortunate for the Browns defense that way because you can't really rely on any tape. I'm sure we're going to see some zone read and some RPOs and stuff like that that Fields is comfortable doing. But one positive thing I can say – You know, they didn't get to the quarterback like you would like them to have last week, but Grant Delpit returned. uh, He missed all of year one, played 26 snaps last week, got a tackle for a loss, a sack. He looked good in his first NFL game. So what Joe Woods wants to do, the Browns defense coordinator, is he wants to run a lot of dime with three safeties on the field, and that's kind of like what the Chargers do a lot of. And he likes that that big nickel, you can call it, or your your three, you know three safeties out there with one of them up in the box, kind of as your linebacker. Now, if you can do that and get Jay okay, uh, uh, Wosu Koromoa on the field, you're playing with a ton of speed, right? Right. The problem is, if you're the Bears, you got to say, and we're not going to allow that. We got we're going to run the ball until we force you back into base defense, right? Yep. Uh, if it's too light, but if the Browns front four front, you know, they're without Anthony Walker. So it'll be Malcolm Smith at the mic again, former Super Bowl MVP. Certainly that was more in his prime, but uh, he's reliable in there, but he's no, he's no Anthony Walker uh, as far as a player goes in there. So their linebackers are iffy. I would like to see, I mean, JOK only 16 snaps, 17 snaps last week. I would like to see them incorporate him more into this, but they're kind of trying to ease him into this. The scheme is complicated, right? They run a lot of that Seattle cover three, press bail cover three. So you'll see them in zone a lot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a matchup zone type thing where you got to pass guys in and out of your zone. So the communication is key there. Yep. Once they get Delpit back going and they can go to the personnel they want to, which is the faster personnel with JOK and Delpit and Ronnie Harrison and John Johnson all in the field at the same time, I think they'll look a lot better. I expect the front four to play better. They got really lucky, guys. A, a guy named uh, Malik uh, McDowell from Michigan State got in a lot of trouble off the field. He was an absolute demon of a player at Michigan State. 
got picked in the second round by the Seahawks. Browns took a character chance on him. First kind of character chance that uh, Bear Andrew Barry's taken since he got here. Made the 53 and is now starting, and he is a menace, man, in the middle. So that front four is, is uh, legit when they're playing well. Not sure what happened last week, but I expect them to be for real. And if they can maintain against the run game and allow them to come with those three safeties on the back end, that's kind of what they want to do. They just really haven't had the time to get it down yet, guys. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of injuries in the offseason, a lot of injuries in a lot of injuries in training camp. They never really got to play together. You know, it was either, you know, this guy was missing or that guy was missing. So these first few games here is really kind of a feeling out period for that defense, but I expect them to be better this week, especially if they can roll with that dime three safety look against the bears. I think you got to do it with fields of quarterback too. No. And that's a really good point because I don't know if you saw last week's game when fields did get some action there, the Bengals, they were doing a lot of disguise within their defense. And so I thought in this matchup, I said, you know what? I think the Browns, they're going to have to do that same exact look against Justin because you saw he never saw that Mike linebacker in the middle when he threw that pick in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think that he put some stuff there on tape for your defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, to say, you know what, maybe (laughs) we do something like that. I was talking about that that exact play uh, on my show last night, and I was saying, you know, the Bengals obviously watch the preseason because every time – Fields was on the on the field in the preseason, and he saw Blitz. He went hot to the same spot, right? Yep. Because they dropped that Mike linebacker right in that hot route spot. <laughs> yep. They knew exactly where he was going. So, yeah, I mean, rookies are rookies, right? They're going to make rookie mistakes. But if I was the Bears, man, I would go take a page out of what Baltimore did, man. You know, let's zone read with Montgomery and Fields and see what we can do in the run game against these guys. Certainly, he's got the arm to do it, but loosen things up with the run game early, and I think that's how you can get to the Browns' defense if you want to do it. Yeah, when I was looking at uh, some of the the All-22 that I, that came out, I kind of thought that might be key in this matchup is to get uh, David Montgomery established early to just kind of go after that defense a little bit. Now, I do see what you were talking about with that front four. They're pretty imposing there on that front four, and our offensive line, Outside of week one, where we opened up holes against the uh, the Rams, week two, there was not a lot there against the Bengals. That, to me, is going to be a really key matchup is our offensive line going up against that defensive line of yours because we yeah. struggled a bit there. I'm not going to deny the struggles that have been on the offensive side of the ball. I just think we see a different approach this week. Man, I hope we do because I'm going to be hot next week on the show if Joe Woods doesn't make some adjustments. <laughs> I mean, I get playing I get playing conservative against Mahomes, but, you know, I'm not really sure what the game plan was against last week against the Texans. <laughs> it's a little frustrating. But I think they'll be more prepared for this uh, now that they got dealt it out on the field and they can kind of go more to the personnel that they want to. And, and hopefully, you know, we see the the real Miles Garrett stand up at some point here. Yeah, that would be really good to see. But also, too, that secondary that you guys have, a lot of talent there, but they've yes. yet to come together. And that's something yeah. that I've been looking at. So much soft zone so far. It's hard to blame those guys. You know what I mean? Denzel Ward is a man-to-man corner. He can do them both, but he is a man. He's so much better when he can get up in the, uh, and jam you and run with you with that 4-3 speed and play man-to-man. And Joe Woods is, I mean, 84% zone against the Chiefs. I mean, that's just a lot, a lot of zone, a lot of cover three, a lot of cover four, trying to keep stuff in front of you. 
And so that's why I would like to see more of that. Uh, even when they're in the cover three, do the cover three press bail, you know, let those guys get up there and jam somebody and, and play closer to the line of scrimmage. So we may see more of that here now that we get away from that Kansas city game and they start to gel a little bit together, but certainly there are areas that can be exploited by this bears offense. No question. I, I think it's an inexperienced defense, not in so much in inexperienced in the players, but they haven't played long enough together to really be on point all the time. They'll have their, their flash plays and their splash plays, but they are going to get beat from time to time because of miscommunications and whatnot. They just haven't played together long enough yet. You know what I mean, gentlemen? Yep. So when I was looking at potential matchups that our bears offense could exploit in this game, you brought up Troy Hill's name and that's the guy that I have circled because I think this is someone that Marquis Goodwin on our team, who is our speedster, former Olympian. I think that's going to be a really good matchup to see in the slot. I think Marquis Goodwin has the potential in this matchup to really take advantage of Troy Hill there in the slot. I just really think that there's an opportunity there for Matt Nagy to drop some plays there to take a couple shots with a good one. Could be. You're, you're talking to the wrong guy about that because I'm a Troy Hill truther, man. Uh, <laughs> He, he came on my show, uh, so I'm a little biased, and uh, showed us some love. And uh, yes, But, I, you know, I did, like, during the offseason, before they even signed him, he was the guy I had circled as your best slot corner on the market. One way you can get better in the secondary and is go get a good slot corner because they're never going to be too expensive, and then they're not going to be much that much more expensive than the guy you have. But that's one way you can get better on the cheap in the offseason. And, and uh, they did that. And they actually went and got the guy that I was circling the whole time. And so I was thrilled to see that. And I'm a big Troy Hill fan. So I'll take my guy in that matchup. Okay. <laughs> hey, we'll be, we'll be talking on Sunday. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you talked earlier about a couple of the injuries. So Jarvis Landry, we know that he's going on IR. So he's going to miss a minimum of three games. A-Dub, we dodged one there. However, Odell Beckham, I saw mm. that he was back practicing. Is it looking like he's going to play on Sunday, Brett? Man, it sounds like it, but you know what? I thought he was going to play week one, right? And then uh, week two, Coach Stefanski um, made the decision for him, ruled him out on Wednesday, said, well, listen, we're not going to prep with guys that aren't going to be on the field on Sunday this week. So they kind of pointed towards week three, and it's felt that way a couple weeks from reporters saying it, it looks like this may be the week, and then – couple of reports today saying he's going to play Sunday. However, Alex Van Pell, offensive coordinator, doesn't call the plays, but he's the OC. Kind Sounds of, like Chicago. You know. Yeah, right. Uh, Stefanski is a play caller and the head coach, but he's a very good play caller, at least in our opinion. We, we like him a lot here in Cleveland. But, um, you know, Alex Van Pell kind of said, hey, listen, you know, if he does see the game, probably on a pitch count, so even if you do see OBJ, you're not going to see a ton of him, I don't think, on Sunday. Okay, and that does make sense. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine him getting a heavy dose of targets, and, and thank God for that because when I was looking at our secondary outside of Jalen Johnson, the other corner, Kendall Vildor, if yeah. Beckham was coming back in that ball game, that was going to really concern me if he was going to be back to Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham, if you get me. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's so weird because I've been watching his rehab and everything, right? I would honestly have told you, if you asked me where I thought he was at two months ago, I would have told you he looked like he was 100%. Because 
because he's been running and cutting on that knee in and out of breaks at 100% for like two months now. But right. he's taken no contact in practice. And that's what they keep saying. The press keeps saying, well, he's not going to take contact in practice, right? I mean, you know, we go, oh, Miles, go take a shot at his knee and let's see how he does. I mean, that's ridiculous. You're not going yeah. <laughs> yeah. to hit him in practice, right? The first contact he's going to take is going to be in the game. So I don't know if it's a mental thing. His whole thing week one was he didn't feel comfortable, which to me kind of sounds mental, and I get that. And mm-hmm. I get it, too, because he's he's ahead of schedule. They said 11 months, and we're at 10 and a half right now. So it is ahead of schedule a little bit. So I understand where that could mentally kind of bother you. Yeah, because he probably just wants to make sure that he's good. I mean, and yeah, he's had a lot of sure. injury. He's had a lot of injury concerns that a lot of people don't really talk about. So, right. Yeah. yeah. He played through, uh, you know, his first year in Cleveland, he played through a core injury almost the whole season. So, exactly. yeah, I mean, he, he's he been had nagging injuries. He's had big injuries that have taken him out. You know, it was against the Browns when he hurt his ankle in that preseason game with the Giants. So, yeah, we've seen the up close and personal to a lot of these injuries. So are there any other notable injuries that we need to be aware of? I know Baker, his injury was his non-throwing shoulder, so he should be fine and good to go. So was there anything else that we should be aware of injury-wise? You know, Taki Taki is their Sam uh, linebacker, but they don't, they don't run a whole lot of base. So he's really in there on just run heavy packages, first downs and whatnot. So I, you know, that's not a huge loss. You'll probably see more Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa because of that, I would think. Uh, They're already dinged up at linebacker. Malcolm Smith will play the mic. Anthony Walker's out there. So that's a loss. But Malcolm Smith played a really good game last week. It says that Treader did not participate. That's kind of standard. He's the center. He'll start. Jedrick Wills will probably give it a go, I would imagine, at tackle. So you'll get Everybody on the offensive line, at least starting last week, Blake Hans came in uh, and relieved Wills as he got tight in the second half. But there's not much of a drop-off from Wills to Hans at this point. The Browns have a pretty good offensive line. Conklin, all those guys, Petonio, they'll all be good to go. Look for Beckham, if he does go, to be on a pitch count. I would expect everybody else to be ready to go, except for Taki Taki. I don't think we'll see him on Sunday. Brad, you mentioned a point that I wanted to make to our listeners really quick. So you talked about that Cleveland Browns offensive line. That is something that definitely shows up on tape. And our pass rush here in Chicago has been pretty hit or miss. They came alive last week in week two. So when I was looking at this matchup, I said two people I think really have to step up in this ballgame for us. Lyle Nichols, our defensive end, I think he might have a really good chance to get some pressure there on the inside. But Robert Quinn, our overpriced, Outside linebacker going up against Wills. <laughs> I think that's going to be a really key matchup. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Cause that's where you get, that's where you get to the, uh, the penetration on this offensive line. If you do it's against Wills or it's against Conklin. And to be honest, Conklin has been doing something that I just noticed in the tape and a couple of people pointed out around town. He's been very off balance. It's not like him uh, in the first few weeks and kind of got knocked off the ball a few times. So maybe if, you know, they line him up on the right side, do they move him around left to right? Or is he going to be in front of on the left side all game against Wills? Well, we'll see because last week we finally saw that our defensive coordinator moved them around a little bit. But before that, he primarily lined up just on the one side. So in the game last week, I noticed that Quinn and Mack were lined up on the same side. And that got me so fucking excited when I saw that. 
<laughs> yeah, I like that. I like it when the Browns do that too. I saw them do that with Clowney last week, Clowney and uh, Garrett last week, and I got excited too. So that, yeah, uh, I love that that stuff when they move them around like that, kind of put them in a NASCAR package there on third downs or whatever. But yeah, Wills, you know, Wills is pretty good uh, as far as uh, his pass protection. He's pretty solid. He needs to work on his run run game uh, blocking. More, but in pass pro, he's pretty solid. He's a pretty good athlete for being a second-year guy. He's going to be a good one in the long run. Their offensive line is tough. I'm a, I mean, when they run the ball, they don't just run the you know wide zone because that's kind of what they're known for, but they're very multiple. They will pull guards. They will pull mm-hmm. guards and tackles. They will do everything, and they're good at it all. And, and then they hit you with you know a dose of Chubb and a dose of Hunt. You know, that's their bread and butter, but, and then they go play action from there and kind of work it down the field. So at wide receiver, it's going to be iffy, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones was all Berea, all training camp. He was excellent, you know, stood out, but has done nothing in the game so far. I've Uh, seen, I've seen the fans on Twitter talking about that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, who is world-class track athlete. One thing the Browns needed to add was speed. He had a really good week one against um, the Chiefs filling in for Odell. You know, they thought he was going to play. So he kind of took a spot in his packages and did really well. And he's a burner for real. And uh, but the guy that everybody's going to forget about that's always going to be there for Baker is Rashard Higgins. That's his safety net. That's his go to when Jarvis isn't there. And I think Higgins is the guy that will bail him out at wide receiver that you always got to keep an eye on. He he had a pretty strong six, seven games to end last season, uh, averaging like 17 yards a catch. So Oof. most of his stuff is down the field and he just has to find a way of getting open. So uh, that's Baker's guy. They, they've had a connection since day one in Cleveland. So, Well, I'll tell you one thing, Brad, our listeners don't want to hear that. After week one, we gave up those big plays against the Rams. We don't need any more of that happening with our defense. Our secondary <laughs> has had some struggles, especially back there with our safeties. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head over to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any Week 3 game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbet, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. This offers for new customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager. One offer per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What is one of your keys to victory for this game, man? 
One of my keys is that we're going to have to do a good job at containing um, Baker Mayfield. I understand he likes to use all of his weapons pretty much and shed a well. So we can contain him, get our edge rushers in there. Like you say, Khalil Mack and Quinn, they can have a big game for us. That'll be good for us. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Because if, if audience, if you guys are hearing what Brad was mentioning about the way that the Browns like to play it on offense, that Chubb and Hunt attack on offense is pretty vicious. And that's one of my keys. Because we limited Joe Mixon last week. I thought we did a pretty solid job on Henderson in week one. We yeah. have to do that same thing with Chubb and Hunt. Because if they start gashing us with the running game, Baker's going to be able to just light us up with that play action. I mean, he, and I'm just going to tell you this, Baker Mayfield has really grown on me. I did not think that he was worth being a number one pick when he got drafted. But I'm telling you, this kid is surgical, man. He is so accurate. And I didn't notice until like last season when I started to like look at him a little deeper with all 22. I said, man, this quarterback ain't too bad. I was I was a little harsh on Baker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody kind of was right. He, I mean, he had a he had a great rookie year and then a very poor second year, which is not what you usually see from elite young quarterbacks. Right. He kind of regressed. But the guy had four offensive coordinators in three years and it was kind of a rough going there for a while. So. But second year under Stefanski, I think he's really in command of this offense, and he has looked really good through two weeks. I mean, as you know, he finished the the season last year looking excellent as well. He likes to push the ball down the field. He's a playmaker, you know, and uh, when he gets his opportunities, he's been excellent so far this year. He was, what, 19-21 last week, and he had a big game in the the first uh, game against the Chiefs. But – you know, I think the major matchup here is this offensive line and this Bears front seven. I mean, top-notch, top-notch front uh, offensive line, top-notch front seven oh, yeah. going against each other. And I think whoever wins there is going to have a big advantage in this game, I think. I, I think a lot of it comes down to that. Can the Browns run the ball consistently against this front seven? I don't know. It'll be a test for sure. On the opposite end of that, for me, I'm looking at can Jason Peters hold up against Miles Jarrett and Clowney? Because we got the 39-year-old that's in there trying to hang tough, but (laughs) it's going to be a big test. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I got to give Peters props. Hey, we gave him the game ball last week, man. He lasted four quarters. I didn't see that happening. So, (laughs) listen, (laughs) I give that man props because, listen, he was sitting on his couch like three weeks ago, (laughs) and now he has to – defend against that Rams defense in week one, week two, he's going up against a solid Bengals front. And now week three, whoo-wee, I hope he's getting his rest. That's all I got to say. <laughs> he's going to need it. it. Yeah. You guys mentioned matchups. Uh, one that scares me, and it's, it's scared me since week one, is, you know, we're rolling out a rookie at, at outside corner with Greg oh, Newsom, yeah. right? Yes. And that always is scary, right, no matter what. Now, he has played extremely well so far. Like, he has played over his head uh, in, in two games so far. But I think the Browns don't follow receivers usually. Like, it's kind of built into that uh, Seattle cover three that, you know, if you remember, they used to just keep their corners on one side of the field. The Browns kind of do the same thing. It's kind of built into that philosophy. So they keep Newsom on one side and Ward on the other. They rarely chase guys. So if the Browns want Allen Robinson versus Greg Newsom, they can, or the Bears want Allen Robinson versus Greg Newsom, they can get it when they want it. And that's scary, right? You know, for Browns fans, but he's held up so far, but it certainly will be scary on Sunday when, when that happens, I'll be holding my breath. 
that's a good call out, Brad, because I even wondered about that. He hasn't been targeted much so far. And I wondered, is that because of just him holding up or just teams haven't gotten around to taking shots at him? So to that point that you made, I hope that Matt Nagy is zeroing in on that matchup because we need to unlock Allen Robinson. He's been fairly quiet so far this season. But Greg Newsom, local kid here to Chicago, he played yep. at Northwestern. Northwestern, yeah. Yep. yep. And he was somebody that we had on our draft list in the offseason of someone that I, we didn't mind them getting in the first round. That was before we traded up to get Justin Fields. So, Ryan Pace, we let him off the hook for that one. But I think Greg Newsom, he's going to have a really good pro career. But in this matchup, I do think, Brad, that's a good call out. And I hope that Matt Nagy does try to go after that matchup, A-Dub. Yeah, I hope so, too, man. It'll be good for us to see A-Rod have a good game, especially against a good defense at that. We need it, man, because to the point we were making earlier when it comes to Justin Fields, I really do hope that Matt Nagy simplifies the offense, heavy dose of Montgomery, but I hope that they put a lot of plays in there so Justin Fields can be on the move a little bit more, get a place where he can kind of stretch out the pocket a little bit to help that pass rush to neutralize them. Because if not, if he's just sitting in the pocket, and this is a point AW made on the recap show, if this is something where Matt Nagy just keeps him in that pocket like that, that's not playing to the kid's strengths. And so in this matchup, I really hope that whatever that Dalton offense was, that thing gets scrapped and we see a whole total different new package that comes in here week three. Yeah. And that's what's tough for the Browns, right? You got no tape on this. You have, you really don't know what this offense is going to look like. You do kind of, because you know, if Matt Nagy's smart, he's going to try to give him some easy stuff, maybe mm-hmm. on some boots early to tight ends or whatever, get him some easy completions, get the run game going. Even if it's not there, just hand it off to keep the Browns honest and loosen up some of that coverage. And then you can kind of start to get into what Fields does best and some zone read and some, some RPO stuff uh, that, that you know he's did all through college and he's comfortable with still in the pros and it's still effective in the pros. So, Oh yeah, that stuff works in NFL. And I'm hoping since this game is in Ohio, Ryan Day is going to be in attendance. I hope Justin Fields get a little bit of that that glimmer in his eye from some of those Ohio State days. I'm just hoping that he turns back the clock a little bit and it goes in our favor on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you you think uh, he's got a lot of fans in that in that crowd. You know, uh, a lot of people up here in Cleveland are big Ohio State fans, so they are fond of Fields for sure. And I'm telling you, uh, I don't know if you see much of, uh, with Bears Twitter. We're pretty damn fond of him, too, man. There's been so many fans that have been pissed off with their head coach, with the way that he's handled this quarterback situation. And even after Dalton got hurt, Matt Nagy went out and said, listen, when Andy Dalton is healthy, he's my quarterback. And I'm like, dude, the fans don't want to hear that right now, bro. That's crazy. That's crazy <laughs> talk. Yeah, there's no turning back. And it, you're right. I in If you ask, I do. I pay attention to everything. I do a national show on Monday nights before Monday night football on another network, but I just got invited to do it this year. So I kind of got to pay attention to everything this year, but I thought he botched that too. And there's some rumors out there, right? Like he promised Dalton the starting spot. So, right. Like, isn't that kind of what's out there a little bit that like when he signed him, he promised him, this is the NFL, man. If, if you've got somebody that deserves to start, we went through the same thing here when Baker was a rookie and Tyrod Taylor was getting the start and Hugh Jackson kept putting him out there. And we're like, come on, man, we know Baker is better than him. And then he got hurt and Baker came on and we've never looked back since. And, and it's kind of the arrow has been pointing up since then. So 
hopefully the same thing happens here. He should not be saying that. I mean, Dalton got his promise, undeserved starts. <laughs> it's, it's Justin Fields. I mean, that. yeah, he handled that very poorly. And you wonder why he's doing that because it's not like, I mean, this is Nagy's second go around with a quarterback, right? He, yes. He, and that's never happens in the NFL, right? You usually get one quarterback, a couple of years to develop them. If that doesn't work, you're out. And this you is know, his second go around with a quarterback. Yeah, and, quarterback. He, and he shouldn't have gotten it because I didn't trust him with the first quarterback. So yeah. now we got the Porsche. That's like letting your 15 year old drive that thing. I don't trust Matt Nagy at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Not, not a fan from far. I, I probably not don't know as much about it as you guys, but I, you know, he certainly gets his share of ridicule, you know, nationally. And a lot of it on this show as well, but I'll digress for today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brad, before we get out of here, I wanted to get yeah. your score prediction for week three. Yeah, I mean, you guys probably call me a homer for this one a little <laughs> bit. This is the same prediction I've given out. So the Browns are seven-point favorites last time I looked. It may have moved a little today, did it? Did you see the lines today? Well, when I last checked, it was seven and a half. Yeah, so it must be moved today a little bit too, because it was six and a half on Tuesday, went seven to Wednesday, seven and a half Thursday. So it's moving that direction. I said 31 17 last night, Browns. Here's why I think that. I think you see a improved Browns defense. And I, more than anything, I think you're going to see a really sharp Browns offense coming off of what was a flat and ugly week. Uh, Stefanski just is the type of guy that he doesn't really, you don't really see two ugly games in a row from them. So I expect them to come out and look good. And whether it's through the air or on the ground, the Browns kind of have a pick your poison type of offense. They can kind of beat you either way. So we'll see how that works out, but that's, that's where I'm leaning. I just think there are a few steps ahead of the bears at this point especially with Fields being his first game and everything, not saying that they can't be a playoff team or anything like that, because I certainly think they have the talent to do it. But him being a rookie and being his first game, I think the Browns pull it out by a couple touchdowns. Hey, listen, that's not a homer pick, man. That, it was well thought out and it made sense. A-Dub, what you got for me? I got the Bears win this game, 24-23. And more the reason why I think that, Brad, is because, you know, like you said, Justin Fields, he may be unpredictable in this game, right? You don't know what you're going to get. Our offense can never go up. It can't never go up after the last couple of games we had, the first two. So I just see us getting better and better from an offensive standpoint. I understand it gets a tough defense, but hey, I'm optimistic about that. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I am going to go Browns 24, Bears 20. The reason why I'm picking the Browns in this game, fellas, is because of Matt Nagy. My fear is <laughs> that he's going to bog down Justin Fields in some really watered down <laughs> offense, and it's just yeah. not going to work. That's that's my yeah. fear. And Ooh. so I'm going 24-20 only because of Matt Nagy. The only reason why I'm giving him 20 points is because of the threat of Justin Fields with his legs because I feel he's right. going to make some plays out there. But Matt Nagy, it always starts and, and ends with that guy. Ugh. Yeah, I think he, he will make a number of plays with his legs. I mean, that one thing that you can count on the Browns front to do is over-pursue. Because, you know, Garrett's always looking for the sack. Clowney does the same thing. So when they come off the edges hard like that on those speed rushes, if he, you know, those sometimes those holes just open wide open for those the running quarterbacks just to take. Uh, I've seen that way too many times. So uh, I'm sure you'll see him with a couple scampering for first downs here and there. It's super annoying, but it's kind of <laughs> something you live with when you got speed rushers off the edge like that. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that's my fear is both your guys is, you know, a close game. Uh, my fear is that, uh, you know, fields presents, uh, and that offense presents something the Browns aren't ready for and aren't prepared for. And, uh, they still haven't gelled yet. So now would be the time for the bears to jump on that. You know what I mean? I think if you see this Browns defense in the second half of the season, it's going to be completely different than what you're seeing right now. Yeah. And, and I think that that's going to be our saving grace of catching you guys early. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a little dinged up too. Yep, so. exactly. Well, Brad, man, thank you so much for joining us here this evening. Before you get out of here, can you tell our audience a little bit more about your shows, how they can find you, and then also your Twitter handle? Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at Ward on Sports or at All Eyes on Clee. And the eyes is with a Z, of course. I didn't know what to name my podcast, guys. So, like, I was, like, <laughs> thinking the names. I was always a big Tupac fan. And I was like, All Eyes on Me, All Eyes on Clee. Yes, All right, we'll roll with it. And then... Yeah, so uh, all eyes on Cleveland, and uh, it, you know it's kind of taken off. We were over sixteen hundred subscribers on YouTube, so you can come watch the show on YouTube, or you can catch it where all popular podcasts are found. We do have a website too, uh, www.alleyesoncleveland.com. If you've got thoughts after the game and you're a Bears fan, you can leave a voicemail on there, and we'll play it on the air on our show. So feel oh, free. shit. Oh, so. A-dub, I got to leave a nice little voicemail for myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear you guys taunt me if after you guys win, you leave a bunch of voicemails on there. I'll have to play them on the air and take my <laughs> take my <laughs> comeuppance. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, there's the voicemail button. That's a lot of fans do that. So we play those on the air and, uh, you know, answer questions or listen to uh, hot takes that people have. And the the website's pretty slick. It's pretty cool. You can check it out. You can either watch uh, right on the webpage. You can watch it via YouTube or uh, any of the podcast platforms that you listen to. Uh, it's available there. And then uh, also I write for USA Today Sports Media Groups, the brownswire.com. Man, I mean, he's not kidding about his website because that's how he and I were initially uh, communicating. And I got lost in there because I was like, he's got so much content on this thing. I'm like, wow. So <laughs> he's not kidding. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You did send it through the website. Yep. And that's right. That's yep. Stuff. Well, man, we appreciate you once again for joining. A-Dub, you got anything on the way out? Man, pleasure to meet you, Brad, man. Glad to have you on the show, my brother. Hey man, I was I'm honored, gentlemen. Uh Prez, A dub, I appreciate the uh the invite and I, I absolutely had a blast talking with you guys. So I really appreciate it. All right, man. We appreciate you listeners. We'll be talking to you guys on Sunday. And we're probably gonna be posting up over at, at Brad's place on YouTube on Sunday night as well. So whatever he's got <laughs> going on over there, we're gonna stop by. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please do. All right. Now, hey, thanks again for your time, Brad. Hey, thank you guys. All right now. Hey, Dub, that was fun. That was dope, man. I always love when you get the guest on that you can just tell he's a student of not only the game, but he knows his football. Yes, he does, man. He was on it today, brother. He dropped some jewels today for us, friends. Yes, he did. Well, audience, you probably found out all you need to know about the Cleveland Browns this evening, so you are welcome. You can thank me and A-Dub for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But, man, A-Dub, uh, man, this was a really dope episode. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen here on Sunday. Fingers crossed. I hope that I was wrong about what Nagy does on offense. And I hope that he puts an offense out there that allows Justin to take some shots down the field. I really do. But only when those shots are there. I really hope that we 
lean on Montgomery. I hope that defense is, looks as sharp as it did on Sunday. But like I said, the key to me in this ballgame is Matt Nagy. What is he going to do? Is he going to dial up plays that put Justin in the best position to succeed? If he does that, I feel way more confident about this game on Sunday, bro. Yeah, I feel you on that part, Brez, because you're right. It's gonna be that's gonna be a key for sure. But also, in concluding that uh, key here as well is, hey, how our defense is gonna show up? How they gonna play? And it starts with Khalil Mack and those boys, man. Can we put that pressure on those guys and stop them? You know, like we did last week. Fair point, brother. We shall see how it all plays out, listeners. Thank you as always for your continued support of this show. A Dub, another dope one, and we are out. Gone to sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Very Centers Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this show. Bears Nation, come down with us.